Leave him home. Yeah. Made it home. She said, call me earlier. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She called me when y'all got there. About 10. Amy, how, how old was Uncle Johnny? 81. 81? Mm-hmm. Same as your dad. What was his birthday? Uh, September the 14th. September 14th, what year? Uh, 30, 39. September the 14th. 37. James 37. 37. September the 14th, 1937. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was all I want to know. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. And here we go. The following podcast contains explicit language. Stand by. Four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think they're 18. Let us begin. What, where, why, or when will I explain? Like I took it to a game. I'm not a saint. In fact, I'm kind of rational. When I be asking, who is more dramatical? Who was up for side podcast fam? Hey, this is the Facade Podcast, hosted by the two of me, the professor, the student, hip-hop junkie, R&B savant, the radical conservative, hustler, never done formant, the one who seeks to understand while being understood. Here, all are welcome. This is Season 1, Episode 4, and I am the son of hip-hop. And you are now listening to the best cultural punditry on earth, period. Before we get to this episode, I want to take a moment to acknowledge April 10th, 2019. My Uncle Johnny Hawkins transitioned to a better place, man. A better, extra better place. And so... This episode is specifically dedicated to him. Say a prayer for my family because we need it. The funeral is Saturday on the 20th. So it's my mom's only brother. And so she's 77. So Edie, praying for you. Yeah, I love you. Moment of silence. Okay, now, how have y'all been doing the last two weeks? I got some questions. I went through some things. I seen some things that I never seen that I thought I would never see. And I'm going to talk about as much of it as I can. And so I realized that my nerve don't always translate well. So I need y'all to bear with me, right? Come on, just bear with me. Bear with me. Let me, let me adjust the levels. Let me adjust the levels. Okay. Now, so, shout out to Title, Elliot Wilson, B-Dot. They like the, they like the, the big homies of cultural punditry, right? So they the title boys. I call them the title boys. They almost godfathers. Elliot's a little bit older than me. They almost godfathers. I appreciate Title for holding it down. 
by allowing people to stream the Nipsey Hustle funeral. And so I was already emotional about Nipsey. Talked about it two podcasts ago. Talked about it last podcast. Rest in peace, King Nip. Great entrepreneur. Although I did a deep dive into the internet, man, I found a lot of jewels that Nip was dropping. He's all about the ownership. And again, inspired me to do some ownership things. We got some things. We got a digital series. And uh, uh, we got some things in the works coming this summer. So, Facade Podcast fam, yeah, get ready. Get ready for sure. That's the first thing. Second thing, now, Kyle Corver. So here's the thing. I always say to white people that's my friends, if I think about racism way more than you do, you're probably not my friend, right, period. My, my circle of, of white allies is real small, and they all been vetted. I guarantee you, I can, I can bring the white friends in my circle that been vetted. Oh, I can bring them to the cookout. They may not be able to play bones and spades or shoot dice. They can't roll CeeLo, but they definitely can be there and not say nothing crazy because they know what's up, right? They're not trying to be black, but they understand the struggle. And so my man Cal Corver used to play with King James, right? So he writes this piece in The Undefeated that essentially is saying, hey, white people, Treat black people humanely. That's it. It's like that's that's the that's the simplest thing to do. Just be the Christian that you say you're gonna be every Sunday. When you pay your tithes and you go to your house of worship, that may be segregated, kinda, right? Because you're in the middle of nowheresville. If you live in Wyoming or North Dakota, right? Montana, we get it. Your interaction with black people have been limited. Probably you. Well, well, watch a little BET. Well, no, nah, I got to get there for anybody to pay for BET. So you might have watched MTV growing up and thought that you knew who he was based on what you've seen. Not so much. That's entertainment. Essentially, Kyle Corver checked himself. He was like, yo, I'm white. I got white privilege. It's things that slip my mind, my consciousness, right? And I should do better. So I'm challenging all the white NBA players, white athletes, White people, do better. Just do better. Do it, do it well. Okay, I won't say honor your wishes of your grandfather. Your great grandfather. Okay. Yeah, because somebody in that family tree was saying, uh, yeah, so we, I'm not saying that. I'm saying right now, white people, we know you didn't own slaves. That's not what we're starting at. We're starting it today. I'm starting it today. Treat black pe people like we humane because we are. Just do better. If you ain't read it, read it. It's a good read. It's a good check of himself. He's self-reflective. One of my four New Year's resolutions was to get people out of my circle who was not self-reflective. And he's self-reflective. So we love that. Now, this next part is for all the people out there that's in love. Right? You've been in love. You think about the person all the time. Right, this I know you in love. I don't know how y'all measure love, but I know you in love if you silly. Right, so if you silly in your love, we see it, we see it. And I'm gonna play this clip. It's Chadwick Gambino, right? So they they shooting Guava Island, getting ready. To, oh, I can't wait till that drops. It's the scene he got with Rihanna. Man, when he's dancing foolishly. <laughs> Guys, let me be clear. If you ain't danced 
the dance of love in front of your woman in a mall or in front of your guy in a mall, in a public space, at a library, at a picnic, at a car wash, where ain't nobody know who you was and you didn't care? Yeah, you're not in love. You're fronting. You're not in love. Because if you was in love, you would sing to him and it'll sound like this. Challenge you, fellas. If you love a person you love, you do something extra silly to show them you love them. Like embarrass yourself. Because let me tell you, it's going to embarrass them too. When you show your love, and uh, <laughs> it's definitely going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the third thing. The fourth thing, this is the power of. So I, I, I decided to call it the power up. If y'all got better ideas for what I should call it, it's the power up, it's the build up to us getting into the meat of the show, right? Well, well, because I'm trying to be vegan. Before we get into the, uh, to the vegetarian, to the vegetables of the show. Yeah, to the protein of the show. Yeah, this is what it is. The fourth thing, speaking of meat and not eating meat, I'm, I'm finna pivot hard to the left. So I like NPR, right? Because here's the thing, I read a lot. So because I read a lot, I don't want to read stuff that I don't have to read that ain't tied to my job, which sounds crazy, but I done read a whole lot since 2008. I'm not tired out on reading, but I have to do a whole lot of academic reading. So I listen to NPR. So pause. So if you listen to NPR and you want to look at race and gender and oppression, discrimination, code switch on NPR, perfect. It's perfect to listen to. Check it out. Anyway, I'm listening to NPR podcast, and they start to talk about restaurants. And you know, when I grew up, I spent a lot of time at this place called Whataburger because they got some bomb fries. I can make the argument that Whataburger's fries is better than Arby's fries, Popeye's fries, and Brahms fries, but we're going to stick to McDonald's. So they was talking about McDonald's and technology and how when they got those, you walk into McDonald's now, they got the touch screens that's basically leaving people unemployed. Right? Because they figured it would be more efficient. They paid these hundreds of thousands of dollars. You go to McDonald's. You walk in. You ain't even got to walk to the register. You just walk in, type your order. What you want? You want your burger. 
what you want on it, ketchup and, and onions and mustard. Then you type what kind of bun you want. Do you want fries or do you want apple slices? You get that. Do you want a drink? You want a shake? You want a pop? You get that. It tells you how much it costs. You swipe your card. They bring your order to the front. But what they ain't been telling you is what McDonald's ain't telling you that I found out on NPR. Is they did a test of like 27 McDonald's. They swiped all those touch screens and they all have fecal matter on them. Fecal matter, y'all. Let me repeat myself. Fecal matter. And it got me to thinking, what else got fecal matter on it? Like the whole world. It was the things that I'm touching. I, you know what? I've never been a hand sanitizer dude. But hey, I got the gallon. I went to Costco. Right after I heard that on NPR, I was driving to the university. I did a U-turn, went straight to Costco, got a gallon. A gallon of hand sanitizer. Because I don't want fecal matter on nothing. Just imagine when they bringing you your food. One of the favorite places I like to go eat, Chick-fil-A. Man, the people that's bringing me my Chick-fil-A. Give me fecal matter on my Chick-fil-A. And I ain't trying to live like that. Because that's extra foul. But it got, it got me thinking. So if you go to McDonald's or any place that got a touch screen, do not use it. And this is the fifth point before I get into what I'm getting ready to get into. So everybody out there that makes a coupon, right? If you make a coupon, make sure that the coupon works. So I like nut bun cakes, right? Last time I went to the doctor, my A1C was kind of high. It was like 5.7. He was like, you pre-diabetic. I was like, what does that mean? He was like, you need to cut your sugar intake in half. And you need to start losing weight. I was like, okay, I'm going to start losing weight. So in the last four weeks, I done lost like nine pounds. You know how I did it? Guess how I did it? Intermittently fasting for 16 hours a day. Now, I'm going to work out because I'm trying to be, you know, Baby Black Hawk, because I need to stay diesel. But just doing that, I only eat from 1 to 9 every day. No fried, no beef, no pork, no sugar. Everything green that I want and all the chicken and fish that I want, right? Intermittently fasting. Now, I used to say that I had to eat breakfast. They tell you breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That ain't true. According to the intermittently fasting. Now, I'm a doctor, but I ain't an MD, and I ain't a farm D, but I'm telling you what I know from reading it. Intermittent fasting will drop pounds off of you. I ain't been running, and I should, because last year I ran 101 miles because I was trying to, you know, do the mile thing. This year I done ran three miles, which is trash, but I'm going to get it together. Anyway, back to the coupon. So Nothing Bun Cakes is one of the favorite places that I want to go. I want to know if they got a sugar-free Nothing Bun Cakes because they got one here in the city that I live in, but... Because my uncle died, I was in Oklahoma City this weekend, and I went over my Aunt Beth's, and she gave me four coupons to non-bunk cakes. And you know what? I was gassed, because it was get a free non-bunk cake. And I turned it over, and it said, only Oklahoma City and Tulsa. I don't live in Oklahoma City or Tulsa. So guess what? I'm going tomorrow to non-bunk cakes. And before I give them this coupon that don't got their name on it, the address that they going to honor that coupon because I'm going to get my free Numb Bun Cake. But the first thing I'm going to ask them is, why is the D silent in Numb Bun Cakes? Tell me. Tell me why. I get why the G is silent in, in lasagna. I get that. 
But the D, none bunk cakes. The D, I try to swear, I try to the none bunk cakes, none bunk cakes. There's no need for that D to be silent. So we go, we definitely go, we gonna get to that because I'm gonna get my free none bunk cake. But those, I digress. Those are the five things that I cover as we as we lead in. That's the that's the protein section. I had, I had to add a section. Because now we're finna get into the Gideon. Now we're 16 minutes in. So I've been doing this therapist thing. For those of you that don't know, new listeners, I started this podcast because I'm a professor, but I'm a son of hip-hop. I'm a black man. I want to do my thing. I don't want to be on all the time. See people in Walmart. If I see you in Starbucks, don't call me Dr. Hoskins. You can call me Brian. You can call me Big Hotch. You can call me OG. Whatever you want to call me. You don't have to call me Dr. I'm not at work. I'm chilling too. I'm getting a drink like you. Don't hit me with that. Right? So I was talking to my therapist. She been trying to help me get through this anger having to be on all the time. She been giving me these little assignments. She a hip-hop head thinking she could get over on me. This last assignment was, oof, man. She said, if you can only listen to one hip-hop album for the rest of your life, <laughs> for the rest of my life, for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why? Ooh, I was like, uh, can I do some homework? Can I get back to you? Because the rest of my life, that's, the rest of my life is a long time. So, I figured it out and I narrowed it down to one album. Two, I narrowed it down to two. But this one album in particular is my favorite of all time. I want y'all to think about it. What album? If you're going to listen to one hip-hop album, what would it be and why this month? Seven times out of ten, we listen to our music at night. Thus spawned the title of this program. The word maraud means to loot. In this case, we maraud for ears. Uh, 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 uh,
It's enjoyable to know you in the concubine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. So I don't know how many of y'all remember your first first car. My daddy got me the black Grand Prix with the sunroof, with the Pioneer stereo with a face come off. I had that joint on my keychain. <laughs> oh, I was mobbing. Uh, uh. When you know they dang fast, what you figure? So precisely. And like me. Inhale. <laughs> so, a try for quest. Midnight Marauders is the only album that I would listen to for the rest of my life. It was just that album. It was the album I used. So what I had to say was, yo, check it out. It was the soundtrack to my youth. It just made me think about all the things I had. I had my first heartbreak in college. I ain't gonna say who, cause she probably listening. She ain't make the wifey cut, so I dodged the bullet. <laughs> but yes, God lives through is the last song on this album. Now this album is 14 songs deep. It's 51 minutes. So I used to have this. Uh, so now I got this belief: if you're an artist and you can't give me an hour's worth of music, come on, man. Kanye West with the seven-song format—that's extra trash, extra trash. And so I did. As I was thinking about it, she was like, well, "Why is that album important to you?" And I was like, "Again, it was—it was a soundtrack to my life when I was a youth. You know, I was—I just graduated from college." I was out here. I didn't know what I was doing with myself. I got my first job, right? And so it was just, it helped me get through life because I had a lot of, you know, situations. Part of the reason why I'm angry, having to deal with hurdles that my, you know, family, well, one person in particular, specifically, I had to deal with her mess, which made me have to deal with my mess, right? So I had the duality, the Du Boisian duality, kind of. You know, so I had to deal with being a Hoskins and being a Mosby and what that looks like for me, right? And I was just like, hey, it hurts sometimes. And she made sure that it hurts sometimes. And so I, I kind of got, I got through with it. But my, 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 my second, my second album choice, man. I had to think about it now. So I spent a lot of time reflecting on the old me and the new me. And this album here, Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar, 2012. I'm definitely going to sing it again. So Lord, just forgive me. Already. This game's not on understand. This is my second choice. Money Trees. Peter, Portis, Justin, Peter, Schwimmer Pools, Peter, Compton, Peter, Black Boy Fly, Peter. And I was saying to my therapist, like, hey, those two albums, they like bookends. Not that my life is over, but 2012, I was still working on my PhD. And I think that in challenging times, I want y'all to think about it. When your life was most uncertain, 
or most painful, what music got you through it? That's why I like that Mary J. Now, no disrespect to Mary J, but when her and KC, they went right, she had some heaters. She had some phenomenal music. And that's that's me. Like, I, I went through the pain, and, I, you know, somehow I got through it. And so I was like, yeah, that's that's my that's my homework assignment. But, man, that was hard. My therapist, hey, she slipped. She, I think she hasn't hit my pad. What she said, she got a... She got some knowledge. I wanted, so I don't know what the rules are of a therapist. Like, I only talk to her when I'm in a session. But I want to call her up and be like, hey, what's, the, what's your five greatest hip-hop albums of all time? Who's your favorite rap group of all time? Who's your favorite rap duo of all time? Who's your favorite MC of all time? Like, I got firm lists. I got firm criteria, all that. And I want to... I wanna, Talk to her about it, but I don't want her to say, well, you know, if I, if I, well, this is how we're here saying it. Well, you know, if I decide to answer these questions, then I can no longer be a therapist. And I don't want to deal with that, because it's cool. Having a therapist is extra cool. But anyway, that's my assignment. So I challenge y'all, if you're going to listen to one hip-hop album for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why? So now we're getting into my ether. Or, neither, nor. So here's the first question. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave with a clip. When I come off the clip, we're going to have a stern debate about how y'all judge the best seafood restaurant you ever went to. I'm sorry, not seafood. Seafood, see, I'm, I'm tripping. Soul food. The best soul food restaurant you've ever been to. Great businessman, man. It's my brother. He's a foodie, though. He's a foodie. And so, uh, my brother, it's Nas. Cheers, people. <laughs> so, I'm here, and I'm. this is that fried chicken that my grandma used to make. I'm telling you, I've been everywhere looking for this chicken. This fried chicken, it's like 720 Lenox Avenue in Harlem back in 19... 84. Now, that was Diddy at one of Nas's two restaurants. He got new soul food restaurants, East Coast, West Coast. Now, check it out. I want to represent for the culture. Keep in mind, hip-hop, we got black vegans in the culture, right? We not betraying the culture because we don't use seven sticks of butter to make pound cake, right? We not betraying the culture because we don't eat chicken fried chicken, which is gross. We're not betraying the culture because we don't want to no longer eat your shitterlings. We're not betraying the culture because of that, right? We just got a different perspective. But for me, my either or is mac and cheese or peace cobbler. Like that's how I judge what is a quality soul food restaurant. Right? That's how I judge it. So when I go to a soul food restaurant, first thing I do is say, hey, I need to get a sample of the peach cobbler. Now here's my peach cobbler. I need it to be a little crystallized sugar on top with the extra flakiness on the top thin, maybe a millimeter. So when I put my spoon in it, it needs to be 3,900 peaches within that two-inch dip, that two-inch Old beat up silver uh thing that you put the put it in with the a saran wrap not saran wrap the uh what's what's the silver stuff called 
I don't know what it's called. It's not saran wrap. I, I, hey, they don't know. But you put it on top of it, it's silver, and then it's really shiny. Keep the heat in. Yes. And I need that crust to be black, kind of. So when I crumbled it up on the inside, and I put that, uh, that, uh, what's that? What's that ice cream with the, uh, black dots in it? The vanilla? Man, y'all ain't been helpful at all. When I put that bean, bean, vanilla bean, man. And watch it melt. I need to watch the vanilla bean ice cream melt down to nothingness. And then I eat it. And right then, I know if it's a 92-year-old great-great-grandmother in the back that been cooking for 90 years almost. That just, she put a foot in it. And just so, it just tastes so good. I don't say this word often, but it's scrumptious. Right? That's what I do. I do dessert first. If the dessert is trash, the piece of is trash, I'm not eating it. But once you pass the peace counter test, I order mac and cheese, right? Now it flew all over, all over, right? So I've, I've been to Oakland. So if you ever been to Oakland, they got solely vegan. You got a soul food vegan place, scrumptious. Uh, it's bananas. It's so good. Or Dallas. I've been to Sweet Georgia Brown in Dallas. Uh, now this is debatable. People trying to debate me. So Busboy and Poets, to me, that's a soul food restaurant. Some people say it's not. It's just black cultured food, right? Because they got some bourgeois. They got, they got a spread on the menu. I call it a soul food restaurant. Been there. It's great. And I've been to Kansas City to Peachtree, right? And they all, well, some of them, yeah, they, got, they got the same ambiance kind of. You go to the old soul food restaurant. You walk in there. They got uh, air conditions in the window. So it's kind of hot. So take your jacket off before you walk in. You look up at the top. The, the wallpaper is peeling down off the top because it's old. And then the heat is bringing the wallpaper in. And if you go to a, a hole in the wall, I've been to a hole in the wall at Memphis Soul Food Restaurant, they had stained glass windows. <laughs> like the ones at the, at the old school black churches. Stained glass windows. That's what they had, right? And they usually got... It's either, it's either like carpet in some of the <laughs> some of the floor, or it's like the the wooden planks on the floor, right? It's like that because it's a, hey, it's an old building. It's probably built in fifty. It's being refurbished. Y'all see my air quotes? Refurbished. You know, it's on historic record, right? So it, it may be on there. I mean, you never know. And so it just depends on on how they how they doing it. But that's my descriptor for what is soul food restaurant. So when I order that mac and cheese, I need all the corners to be burnt. And I need to be extra thick and extra macky. Right? Like, like when after I eat it, I should feel it like dissolve in my pancreas. While I'm eating it, like it should be that good, that buttery, that yeah, that that mac and cheese eat. Right? So if you, I'm telling you, if you just eat mac and cheese, this so this is all my white friends and colleagues. If you eat mac and cheese, the one where you put the water in it and make it at the crib, come on now. Stop doing it to yourself. You're doing yourself an extra disservice. So please, stop doing it. Go to a black soul food restaurant and get you some mac and cheese and some peace cobbler. If you pass those two tests, whatever you order after that is going to be great. Now, for sure. 100%. Even though I mentioned the old black lady that puts her foot 
in it. So I think that's a, a black colloquialism. So if you say a woman cooks something, she got to be old, though. So if you ain't been cooking 50 years, this don't apply to you, right? So she cooks something, and it's really good. You compliment her by saying you put your feet in that. That's a compliment. Trust me. It's not disrespect. If she's been cooking 50 years, she won't take it as disrespect. But that brings me to my neither nor. Now, here's the neither. The selling and buying of feet pics on Instagram. So last week, I would talk to my with my son, right? I say, son, hey man, you know, they get ready to drop these uh Jordan pink and black joints. You know, I'm, I'm going to get them. If I can get them on the sneakers out, I'm going to go ahead and rock them. Because I love shoes, right? So as I'm talking about shoes, the conversation veers into young ladies selling pictures of their feet on Instagram. And of course I said, son, <laughs> come on, hey, who's paying to look at somebody's feet on Instagram? Now keep in mind, I got a foot fetish on my own, so I can appreciate it. So I go to a couple of sites, not because I got a foot fetish, but because I want to see if this preposterousness is actually occurring. <laughs> Guess what? It's women with manicured, sorry, pedicured toes, nice feet, some nice feet out there. They selling pictures of their feet from $20 to $200. Pictures of their feet. Here's the deal. It's men in the United States that will go into a woman's DMs and say, I want you to put a bowl of strawberries. And then I want you to step in the strawberries with your feet and videotape. To step in other strawberries with your feet and send it to me in the DMs. This dude's doing that. Guess what? I'm finna get in the feet game business. Now check this out. I realize that everything got a continuum. So for I believe every person that's depressed is a person that's overjoyous. Their whole life is great. Nothing ever goes wrong. Lights cut off, they smiling. They get fired. They smiling. They go in and find out they got bone spurs. They smiling because they extra joyous. And because everything got a continuum, <laughs> guess what? For every woman that got beautiful feet, and I mean some feet that you could just, like you could, you could take that, that asparagus, let it cool off a little bit, or that squash or the mashed potatoes, she can walk in those, and you can eat it out the bowl? Man. Not saying that I did that in my marriage. <laughs> With some peaches, fresh out the can, that, that was a little chilly, too chilly, I found out. Not saying that I did that in my marriage and ate them peaches right off Nedra's feet. Not saying that I did that, but if I had did that, I'm sure it would have been extra great. But since I found out that everything got a continuum, it's going to be some women or some dudes that's going to pay me <laughs> to put these beat up feet, uh, well, cocoa buttered, mind you, on Instagram. 
I'm finna get in the game. Matter of fact, I do a live. I do an Insta live or I do a uh, Periscope for those of you who are interested. And you can narrate my feet. I'll lotion my feet for you if you want me to. I'll clip my toenails for you if you want me to. I'll pour a bowl of cereal. My favorite is Cocoa Krispies. So the milk will be nice and brown. And I put my brown feet in those Cocoa Krispies. I'll stir them up for you. And guess what? If you want me to, if we can figure out a way, I'll mail you the milk after I drain it off the cereal. If you want to. If you want to get it down like that. Because I'm finna get into the selling pics, pictures of feet. I, I just don't get it. And I ain't knocking your hustle, ladies. Or guys, if somebody want to pay to see your feet for you to wiggle your toes, if you're going to cash out me $15, dollar sign, facade, podcast. If you're going to cash out me $20, I'll wiggle my toes for you. Matter of fact, I know how to take my feet out of socks without even using my hands to take the sock off. That's how skilled my toe wheel game is. And I know you're listening. And it's okay, because your friends will shame you. Just imagine, my academic friends, I'm telling them, I got a foot finish. And if I would, I would get fresh peaches out the can, pour them in a bowl, have my wife step in those peaches, eat those peaches, and drink all that juice, then lightly take my lips and dab her feet dry. Not saying I did that, but if I did it and I told my colleagues, guess what? They going to try to shame your boy because they don't got no dignity or respect for themselves. We all got places that we go to that we might not should go to. And I don't think that's bad. If you got a feet, a foot, a feet fetish, represent, represent, zen. So just, like, just so you know, that's my neither. It's neither because I'm not paying for feet pics. But I'm finna get in the game and sell these fee picks 100%. But my nor is even worse than that. So, I got male friends. I got female friends. I got male family members. I got female family members. And check it out. I get it. If we having a conversation that you feel like you just can't break from, I need you to rethink that. Because my nor is you staying on the phone and taking me with you into the restroom. I didn't catch it at first. I was on the phone with one of my boys. And I ain't going to say his name because I know he's listening and he live in Oklahoma. I ain't going to say which city because if I do, you're going to know exactly who it is. Anyway, I'm on the phone with him I figure it's the water running. Maybe he's getting ready to wash dishes. Maybe he's washing his hands because he just got through pulling weeds out of his yard. I'm thinking all those kind of things. Until I hear what escalates and sounds like a thunderstorm outside. Now, I'm from Oklahoma. If you'd have heard thunderstorms, it sounds like the, the rain is smashing up against the window. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a rain car wreck. It sounds like somebody was punching water. And then I heard the stool flush. And I said, hey, man, was you in the bathroom using it while you was on the phone with me? He was like, yeah, man, it's all good, G. 
No. It's not all good, G. Because if you're in the phone, using the restroom, on the phone, you're naked. Basically. And I don't want to be thinking about you naked, man. I don't want to do that. That's nasty. And you nasty. As a matter of fact, don't ever do that again. Please. I don't want to hear that. And I know a lot of y'all do that. Stop doing it. Your friends don't respect you. Your family members don't respect you. Matter of fact, when you hung up the phone, they might have blocked your call. Your number. So for those of you out there that can hear me now, because I got the Facade Podcast. I went through my phone and I unblocked all the numbers. If your number was blocked and you was calling me, it's probably because you took me to the bathroom with you while we was on the phone. I don't go to the bathroom with you in real life, in person. I don't want to go to the bathroom with you on the phone neither. Which got me thinking about a tangent. So I love the NBA. Like I said, I've been boycotting the NFL for two years. It's getting ready to be my third year. I know my man Colin Kaepernick got paid, signed the NDA, which was trash. Because with him signing the NDA, now we don't know how the owners were practicing systemic racism. So you can't protect the next generation of football players who want to protest anything. So Colin took the L on that, even though he's already get paid. Get your money. The NBA is my favorite thing. Now I know last night, the Thunder lost to Portland. I got some money bet on it, but that's okay because we're going to overcome. My favorite team is the Thunder. Favorite player, Russell Westbrook. Anyway, I'm watching TV, watching the playoffs this weekend. Guess what I see? A Haynes commercial for Michael Jordan. It's arguably that Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever. I don't believe that. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, most unblockable shot, Skyhook, MVP, 6, 5, 6, I don't know, championships, same amount as Jordan. I say it's Kareem. Anyway, Haynes, don't know grown man like myself want to get my draws, pause for a second, I wear stance draws. I don't wear Haynes. Because stance, they still, <laughs> stance draws, if you, if heaven could feel like draws, it'd be sliding on the stance draws. I mean, it's so comfortable. It's feel like it's two hands hold. Uh, okay, anyway, so, hands. I don't want to think about another man when I'm opening my draws. And I damn sure don't want to see his picture as I rip open the pack of draws on some trading cards. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it going to be pictures of Michael Jordan in his draws, Haynes? Is it going to be pictures of Michael Jordan smiling? Which is even worse, looking at me smiling on the car while I'm in my draws? Am I going to collect these and trade them with guys? Hey, man, I ain't got the Michael Jordan in the boxes, but I got him in the briefs, the extra tight ones, the short ones. I, I need to get that one, dog. <laughs> you, got that, you got the Michael Jordan with him leaning to the left? No. Standing up, sorry. Not him leaning to the left, but him standing as posing leaning to the left. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that, Haynes. That's a big nor. We're not doing that. I don't want to open my drawers and think about another man looking at me in my drawers or looking at me on a trading card in his drawers looking at me in my drawers. So please, just, just don't, y'all know better. 
Don't don't do that. Don't do that. That, that, that takes me out of my out of my nowhere. My, my stream nowhere. Neither. Don't buy feet pics. Don't take me with you while you in the restroom. And definitely, I don't want draws. I don't. Hey, Hank, good idea. Not feeling that. What we not gonna do? New listeners, I explained this before. If you ever hear black women say, black women or black woman, so what we not gonna do, whatever they say after that, they'll beat you to death for that if you do what they say they not gonna do after that. So this is my segment called What We Not Gonna Do. And here's what we not gonna do. We not gonna shame Lil Nas X for this old country road banger. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the boosters black and mad. Oh, Riding oh, on a horse, oh, you can win oh, your horse. Oh, I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me why that's a banger. I grew up in the 90s rapping. Said it before. I was in a gospel rap group, Divine Words. We was popping. Even though black ministers really wouldn't let us rap. That's a whole other conversation. I'm from Oklahoma. But I would tell people, I'm from Oklahoma. Oklahoma's popping. They would say to me, Oklahoma ain't nothing but country. It ain't got nothing but sticks and boonies. That's all it got. Ain't nothing hip-hop about Oklahoma. That's an absolute lie. Oklahoma's extra hip-hop before the thunder, right? So if you don't know your history, Oklahoma is the only state in the union that was ever given away in a land run, right? So if you, they said, hey, we're going to give this land away on this date. And if you went before that date and stole your land, they called you a sooner. If you went on the date and got your land because they gave it away for free, you was called a boomer. I'm a graduate of the University of Oklahoma, hence the name Boomer Sooners. Something else you don't know. Oklahoma created 24 historic black towns, maybe closer to 30, between 1850, when Tallahassee was created, to Clearview, that was created in 1913. Yeah, the best don't know about that. Best sold food in Oklahoma City? Stale's Restaurant, right? Black Wall Street in Tulsa? June 1st, 1921, there's a rumor that a brother bumped into a white woman in an elevator in South Tulsa, came back home to his city, and they burnt it down to the ground. Black Wall Street, 1921. You ever been to Slick's Barbecue in Muskogee? They serve your brisket on... Wax paper. Serve your meals on wax paper. Ain't no plates. Ain't no bowls. They pour the Kool-Aid in your hand. Okay. <laughs> Not so much. But they do hit you with the red cups. With the red cups that we use for drinking or playing Pong. Not drinking Pong, but just drinking. Oklahoma. So when I heard this song, I was like, man, that's what's up. Country Old Town Road. Country Music, people, let me be clear. Black people ain't really rocking with y'all like that. 
Beyonce had a country music song. Y'all let her sing it on TV. But y'all wouldn't let it chart. Y'all tried to play her. Right? We ain't appreciate that. Nonsense. This brother, Lil Nas X, he's country. Ain't nothing wrong with being country. I'm country. I ain't southern. There's a difference between country and southern. And I'll say that despairingly, but there's a difference. I ain't from the east or west coast. I'm from the Midwest. Proudly representing these dirt roads. That's what we out here doing. And so, we coming for country because it's 808. This is 808. He said they got a cowboy hat from Gucci. Now listen, we canceled Gucci because they had the black face sweater. If Gucci got a cowboy hat, I need Louis Vuitton to make one so I can buy this cowboy hat. I 100% would buy a Louis Vuitton cowboy hat. I need the price point to be about $600 because anything over that, I'm definitely not getting it. But I would definitely wear a Louis Vuitton cowboy hat. But that 808? Come on, man. He's a young gun. He grew up listening to country music. And he probably just grew He's probably son of Wayne, right? He grew up in that era, High Boys era. He probably didn't heard Drake, 2010. So, I mean, that's when he's like 20. So he's a country boy. What we're not going to do is shame country hip-hop because it's coming. It's extra coming for you. So go and put your cowboy hat and your cowboy boots on. So pause. It's grown men in the city that I work in that wear cowboy boots with their dress suits. That is a 1,000% absolute <laughs> not. <laughs> Don't do it, man. It ain't enough mud. In Lubbock, for me to wear cowboy boots with my suits, not doing it. I'm going to wear my dress shoes, four corners, like my Uncle Johnny taught me. Son, make sure you wear your suits with the four corners shoes. Black, blue, gray. Those are the only color, color suits my Uncle Johnny told me to wear. So that's how I get down fashion-wise. But what we ain't going to do, yeah, we what we not going to do, it's shame my man Lil Nas X for this old country road. And so we're 50 minutes in. It's been a great podcast today, y'all. Tiger Woods won the Masters. Tiger Woods won the Masters. 2005 was the last time he won the Masters. It's his, it's his fifth championship. Fifth championship. I'm proud of Tiger. I don't even remember what the hottest hip hop Song was in 2005. But, I, but I, bet it, I, bet it was, I bet it was tight, though. I bet it was tight. So shout out to Tiger Woods. Tom Bell. So in the DMs, we got this section called Tom Bell. Because I want to know what y'all talking about. And so, whoo, this is the heater. So the last Tom Bell was, I said you can't cheat unless you're married. Can't be cheated on unless you're married. I know some of y'all disagree. We'll talk about it later. This Tom Bell is a question. Ooh, it's a statement and a question. I'm just going to read it. I'm definitely not going to say who it is because this person's in the academy too and I won't get nobody divorced. Here's the statement. I love my husband. He is Michael B. Jordan fine. The sex is extra special and his income is good. 
but he is intellectually lacking. I want to tell him to get smarter. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. I want to tell him to get smarter, but she says, I don't know how to tell him. What's your recommendations? Whew. I don't, I, I don't know what to, I mean, I'm stumped, kind of. I don't know what to say. Now, I always used to say, everybody got a brain, but not everybody got a mind. So that's, whew. Let me pause for a second and think on that one. Like, I don't know. How do you address that issue? Whew. What do you say? Do you say, hey, hey, baby, I bought this book. Oh, I had an idea. How about this? How about this? How about you take him? To the book club, well, no, because you probably, yeah, because <laughs> I know who you are. I know you in a book club. So because you're in a book club, I'm sure you be on some, it's an all-woman, black feminist book club, right? So it's just women allowed. So you can't take them to the book club, but you could probably, they probably got a church book club for, for married couples. Hey, you could take them to that, or, or, or you could be like, baby, you could get that zane. You can get that. <laughs> Let me tell you, you can get that Zane. Reading a Zane is a good night. Preliminary gesture. You can read him Zane before you go to sleep. Tell him, hey, oh, 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 oh. Or you can be like, baby, I ain't never had a man read to me. That would be extra sexy. So I can, come on, let's, let's, let's bind intellectually. And of course he's gonna be like, oh, you know, I'm pleasing my wife mentally. I'm gonna read this book. But it can't be a comic book. <laughs> can't be. I got about 70 comic books in there. And I ain't read none of them to nobody. Read them to myself. So it can't be a comic book. So I wouldn't recommend that. Even though comic books intellectually stimulating. Can't do it, do it like that. I don't know about the comic books. But or I just whew. if you read to him, it might be condescending. It's just, I don't know. Like. I mean, I know you love him. You love your spouse. It's a lot of people that outgrow the people they love. Like y'all started out at the same level, and then you just kept going, and then you know, you 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 just you outgrew them. You know, it's just you gotta be. Whew, that can be kind of dangerous. So just just take your time, pray on it. As my big mama would say, pray on it. And so maybe they have, you know you'll figure it out. But I definitely, if you want to stay married. Definitely don't say, honey, because I'm a professor, I interact with intellectual black men that's on my level. They be publishing a teacher's college record like I do. They be on TV like I be. And so, wait, was that, was that an Easter egg? Sorry. Like I be. And I need you to get your intellectual game up or you going to have to pack your luggage. Don't do that. So please, please. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you're going to have to play alimony and you're going to have to pay child support. Because I don't know how much you make. But we ain't going to talk about that either. Please don't get mad at me for reading it. Because I told you I wouldn't say your name. And I ain't said your name. Enough respect due. So, yeah. I, I would. I might would avoid that. I would avoid that. You know. Sometimes it's good to see growth. Like I got students. So I've been. I've been I'm trying to figure out who's going to be my first student. That I, that I chair. That I'm their dissertation chair. Right? And I got four. Whew. They in the pipeline. They passed exams. We get ready to have a proposal defenses coming up for the semester. 
Ooh. And that one of them going to be my first. My first student. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. And when I tell you the growth from editing, last semester I said, so last semester I went from zero committees to 12 committees, to chairing six committees. And when I tell you I read 1,237 pages of paper, edited them, kicked them back, chapter 1, 2, 3, kicked them back, chapter 3, 2, 1, kicked them back, chapter 2, 1, 3. Hey, I did the work. And I watched their intellectual growth. I mean, when I started my doc program in 2008, I, could, I didn't know what a lit review was. But guess what they calling me now? Doc Hotch, big homie, hip-hop professor. They calling me all that, right? Not trying to steal the Kimbrough, hip-hop professor. But that's what they calling me because I'm putting it down in the classroom. So I've seen the growth. So I would recommend you give your husband some prompts, right? Some intellectual prompts, easy men to it. And just remember, if you see yourself as more intelligent than him, he's never going to close that gap. Because you're going to be more intelligent tomorrow than you was today. He's never going to close that gap. But he can be more intelligent. He can transfer that brain into a mind. For you know it, he's challenging you. I tell students all the time. I know what I know about, right? Black student identity development. How organizational context, climate, and culture shapes and impacts it adversely and for the better. That's my thing. I'm well read. All I'm going to publish about from here on out is that topic, right? I don't know nothing about graviton fields. I don't know nothing about bumblebee pollination. I don't know nothing about foot fungus, even though I have a foot fetish. So I might want to read up on, uh, yeah, I might want to read up on foot fungus. I don't know nothing about them things. I'm smart, but I ain't smart about everything. You ain't either, and neither is he. So I'm not going to tell you lawyer expectations. <laughs> but, but I will tell you, be patient and work with your husband and get it together. Anyway, we out of time about we have 58 minutes. And this is the detangle. So the purpose of the detangle is to give you a closeout, right? So I've been doing a lot of reflecting just about life. Like I said, my uncle Johnny died. Part of me is thinking that because I believe that my body got a soul in it, right? That my body spends the course of my life moving through life, through the now, right? But my soul is like trapped in my body. So I think that my soul spends that life trying to figure out a way to vacate my body. And once my soul vacates my body, my life ends. My physical body life ends and my soul life body begins. Like that's how I see it. I rationalize it as such. My soul was placed into my body when I was born. And through the cycle of divine life, my soul jumps out of my body. and jumps back into the spiritual realm when my physical form dies. Right? That's what makes sense to me. Right? But that ain't even a detangle. Not at all. The detangle is, you know what I need y'all to do? I need y'all to think before y'all speak. Real talk. I need you, when I hear President Obama talking, he's pausing before he says what he's going to say because he's mindful that he can't sound ignorant. I was telling a colleague the other day, one thing that my white colleagues have an advantage is they can be aloof and arrogant in the same sentence. And as a black person, 
I can't be aloof. As a professor, I can't never be aloof in any context, right? And I definitely can't be arrogant. My grandma used to tell me, you can be close to white folks, but if you do, you can't be uppity. And you can be uppity with white folks, but if you do, you can't live close. You can't be close to them. So I'm mindful. I can't be arrogant, and I can't be aloof. I digress. Think before you speak. In general, but specific, right? So, check it out. Midland, Texas, got an airport in it. I'm driving in a whip. Got to drive wifey off so she can go on her girl's trip to Costa Rica. They do an annual trip. Me and my boys do an annual trip, right? We went to Chicago, went to a conference, kicked it. Shout out to my line brothers. And we loved it. Smoked in cigars, got that grandma and guy, chopped it up. We about to get this paper. Sidebar, taking her to the airport. You know, I get in my Trey Songs bag. <laughs> you know, Trey Songs is my guy. I love Trey Songs. So his passion album, his passion pain album, oh, man, 2010? Oh, great album. I absolutely loved it. It was a trying time. I was in grad school. I was going through it emotionally. You know, I doubt myself intellectually, right? So we listened to it on CD in the whip. You know, and I didn't want to have to throw away all my CDs, so I got the updated stereo with the whip that got the CDs too, because I'm not throwing away nothing. I done download a lot of music, and I can Bluetooth it into the system, but I got the hard, you know, I don't want to lose the hard copy too. So we listened to it in the CD, right? We driving. I say to her, hey, this Trey song show sound good. She looked at me and said, mm, it show too sound good. And I looked at her and said, hold on now, you're getting ready to be in Costa Rica for eight days, so don't don't get don't work yourself up. And I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and go to the iTunes store and download this Trey Songs. Watched her get on the plane. I was driving back listening to Trey Songs. I was kind of sad. I'm like, man, she's gonna be gone for eight days. And that Trey Songs sounded nice. I was pumping it. By the time I get back to the house, I get an email from Best Buy. You need to buy this Trey Songz album, the Pain and Passion one, with his face away crying in the window, the brown one with the window, the, the raindrops on the windowsill. And that's when I realized that Satan is in the algorithm. He's in the algorithm. It's no way Best Buy knew. Because I was listening to a CD. They ain't got the CD encoded. I bought that CD in 2010. It ain't encoded with the GPS. Where they know where I'm at. But when I put the CD in, it syncs it to all my other playlists. No. It's Satan. It's Satan, y'all. He's in the algorithm. And they trying to get me to buy the CD. And I didn't log on. I didn't look at it on iTunes. All I did was mention it in my car. Well, they was listening through my phone. I'm convinced. They listening to all of us through our phones. So think before you speak. Because I don't want you to say nothing incriminating. And they come into your office to arrest you. Because you done did something that you shouldn't have been damn doing. But we ain't going to talk about that. Because I know a couple of y'all need to curb your behaviors. Because I'm not going to testify against you in court. Because I don't snitch. And I don't want to see nobody go to jail. Stop talking. Cut your phone all the way off before you 
speak, think about it first. Anyway, we the hour in three minutes. This is Dr. Hoskins Facade Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4, in honor of my uncle, 81 years old, man, my Uncle Johnny, OG, Uncle Johnny. Again, the funeral was Sunday, man, so pray for my family. My Aunt Joanne, she's 78, she's by herself now, you know, can't imagine how that feels. I remember speaking to another elder in my family. She was 94. She said the worst part of being old is when you ain't got nobody else to reminisce with. Because everybody that you share the memory with is dead. It's just terrible. And so, pray for my family. Side podcast. We out here. We got some important announcements. Once these grades get turned in May 14th, we're going to do the Facade Podcast every single week, all summer. I've been cooking up some, some hot ideas, and we're going to get at it. Spread the word. Your boy is out here. Doc Hots, Facade Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5, airs in two weeks. Until then, stay dangerous.